Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Walter, and today we have... Well, no, it's not a podcast episode. It's rather a replay of a technical discussion I was having with Björn Otto over a fascinating topic, which is micropollutant treatment. I am not going in the full detail of how we came up with that topic, because actually, Björn is going to make that much better than I do. What I can tell you is that if you want a spoiler, a little hint of how we came to that discussion, have a listen to the episode 6 of the season 2 of the podcast, where Björn was an amazing guest, and that was the root of that sequel discussion. Now, I'm not going to be rambling too long in this introduction, and rather head over to Björn for him to explain you what we will be discussing today, why that matters, and how all of that started almost 10 years ago. Björn, the floor is yours. So also from my end, yeah, welcome, welcome to the show, welcome to the session. Uh, it's funny for, for, for Antoine and myself, it's the first time that we do things like this. We are, we are testing a little bit and we like to, to, to test different and new things. And that's why we came up with this session today. And uh, yeah, we are really excited to have you all on board here. And hopefully, hopefully we will have some, some, some good edutainment, let's say. So it turns out that the panelists, which are all the Bjornoto on the stage, cannot vote. So we have 16 <laughs> panelists minus you and me. That makes 14. So 14 in favor of Ozone, obviously. So that makes 20 and Ozone wins. Good. Really? It was cool to have you all on. Uh, have a good day. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, 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 no. So let me stop that vote right, right now. Um, we see that people tend to like the combination of both. Um, yeah. I'm not doing much with that vote right now. We will have the same poll at the end. And let's see if our arguments <laughs> might have influenced you uh, a way or, or the other. And that being said, I'm going to leave the floor to you, Björn, so that you... Yeah introduce us a bit um, what was this why, fascinating project in Switzerland why are we here yeah I mean uh, honestly saying I mean the, the reason why we're here is uh, first of all I was I was guest of the incredible podcast of Antoine which I highly recommend so he's uh, launching every week a water podcast so forever for the people who never heard about this uh, just just have a look and it's incredible about new technologies about water topics and so on and yeah I was I, I had the chance to be guest uh, on this on this topic and at the end of, of every of every session he's asking some kind of he called it rapid fire questions right so they're always the same and you could be a little bit prepared and one of the questions what was the best project you ever worked on or let's say highlight a project so and there was one project which is always since many years in my mind which was um, was a project for wastewater treatment plan in Vetsicon Switzerland because I was implementing the first or let's say more or less the first power activity carbon into this and he said stop stop for the moment you really did this because i was at the other end and there was there was such a cool thing that we realized hey we were fighting against each other 10 years back from now so and we all know uh who won it was in the end it was the power activity karma but yeah uh, the the reason let's say the reason why we have won was we had a very good a local partner we had a very good local partner in switzerland 
and um, he was he had the good contact to the to the municipality so he brought us in and the other thing which i want would like to highlight is that this wetsicom plant was totally near to dubendorf for all who don't know dubendorf which is the headquarter of ozonia right and so it was really dominated a little bit the market we can talk about this in a later stage it is still today dominated a little bit by the ozone especially in switzerland by ozonia so and then i i came up i had no clue right i was was i was a young guy i came up and i had to find a new topic for for my company and i was going to this to wetsicon yeah and i won i won this 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 fight and we installed at this time the first powder activated carbon into into the municipality at Vetsicon. So I think it was one of the first installations. Uh, meanwhile, it is full scaled up, right? I think in 2018, they built the entire uh, powder activated carbon plant in Vetsicon. And uh, yeah, this was, was just the interesting and the, the highlighting factor. I, I think it's heard really Antoine to hear the story, right? But another, but let's say another uh, another side topic here, the side discussion is, I was so empowered after I won Wetzikon. Do you know what I did next? I went to Dubendorf, to the municipality Dubendorf. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> let's say, let's say, they were very friendly. They were very friendly, but absolutely not interested in powder activated carbon. And we all know that Ozonia has implemented their their uh, systems there. Uh, but I tried. I tried at least um, to go to Dubendorf to win at least this fight. But that's uh, that would be an interesting story to tell as well. But. Uh... It's not the topic of today, but the, the fight for Dubendorf was also epic because uh, there are basically two large ozone companies in the world and the other large uh, ozone company piloted in Dubendorf. So we didn't do the pilot in Dubendorf. It was our competitor. So it's in our hometown. So it was even more difficult than, I mean, Vetsikon is 20 kilometers. You can accept yeah, yeah. it. The Arnoigut <laughs> in Dubendorf is 500 meters that you cannot accept it. But okay, but I mean, that's, that's but, enough but, for but topic. I, but, but, but I tried, I tried, and I, I remember the discussion I had. I had no chance. <laughs> I had no chance to implement activity calm there. So, but it was, very, it was very friendly to me. Let, let's, um, let's reframe a bit the, um, the debate of today. We are talking of micropollutants. And why are we talking of micropollutants? If you look a bit at the history uh, over the past two decades, let's say, um, something has popped up. It's this, this full micropollutant topic for a simple reason is that at some point, the analytical means became better and it was suddenly possible to detect contaminations and pollutions which were in really low levels, which was not possible before. And what we had seen as humans everywhere in the world is that some things were happening outside in the water. You had fishes which were changing their gender from male to female. Um, over the past two centuries, the first, the, the, the age of the first period of, uh, of the girls went down from 17 to 12. So five years earlier on average in two centuries. And of course, water is not the only um, common factor with all of that, but it contributes to it. And when you investigate a bit, you see that in the water we have everywhere, uh, outside in the river, um, in the water we drink, there are things inside, things that can be harmless. For instance, if you go to any river nowadays in Europe, you would find some paracetamol, some caffeine, 
okay, maybe you need less Red Bull because you can drink water and it's already an energy drink. But then you have also some other things which you probably don't want to have inside your, your water cycle. Um, one way to cut out those micropollutants is to say you have the, the pesticides, you have the pharmaceuticals, the chemicals, you have the, the cosmetics and the heavy metals. The reason why I try to highlight that is that usually when you say endocrine disruptors, everybody's looking at the, at the woman and say, hey, that's um, your contraception pill. And no, that's not the case. Uh, that's not even the, the first endocrine disruptors. They are really everywhere. And um, when the, the concern was raised, the first thing that everybody tried to do is to reduce the amount of micropollutants which are discharged to the environment. And the, the best way to do that is to reduce how much we introduce into water. And if you've taken a shower recently, or you might have noticed something, is that before the ingredient list behind those shampoos was like 30 lines. And because consumers tried to push to say, hey, do we really need all of that stuff in a shampoo? Now it's much shorter. So that improved. The second thing is, um, you know, we already have, let's say, 95% of the wastewater in, in, in Western Europe is treated. So how much is already treated by the wastewater treatment plant itself? How much does it already eliminate in terms of micropollutants? And it's pretty good. I mean, the wastewater treatment plant is eliminating 40 to 60% of those micropollutants. Most of it goes in the sludge, which is then going somewhere, hopefully uh, somewhere safe. But still, it's pretty good. But the problem is, what's going through the wastewater treatment plant is basically stuff which will not be treated by any other means outside in the river. So it's not biodegradable, it's just persisting con con components. And that is the reason why you need to go for advanced treatments. Or if you want to eliminate them, you need to go for advanced treatments. Nowadays, when you, you think of micropollutants, you think of Switzerland, you think of uh, southern Germany and some yeah. lone rangers in other countries. The reason for Switzerland to be so much in the spot is that uh, in 2006, the Swiss government took a regulation which basically um, has four criterion to determine which wastewater treatment plant shall eliminate micropollutants. The, the country's goal is to eliminate 50% of the micropollutants. And to do that, they focus on the biggest plant and they say, hey, the 80 to 120 biggest plants have to eliminate 80% of the micropollutants they, they, they rejected. So that drives everything forward because they don't only put that mandatory, they also say, as a government, we put 1.2 billion Swiss francs in a big fund, and that fund is going to pay for the wastewater treatment plants to equip themselves, and 75% of the capital investment is going to be paid by the government. So that's why Switzerland is a bit forward moving. And then you have Germany, and I'm not trying to teach Germany to the Germans, uh, so pardon my French, Björn, but uh, there you have the fact that you have various lender, and each of these lender has specific policies, and some of them are a bit more environmental oriented than, than others. So that's just to make a helicopter yeah. view and frame of what we're discussing today. Now, um, very shortly, um, we had discussions on LinkedIn on the, on the content of what we will be discussing today. And everybody was raising his hand and saying, hey, what about this other treatment? And what about this other treatment? And what about this other treatment? We are not saying here, Bjorn and myself, that ozone and activated carbon are the only way to do it. No, we are not, doing, not saying that. We are saying today it's the most common and it's the content of 
today. But if we see that the debate is still there and that we need to go to investigate the other ones, first we have the Q&A the, the, the today, but also maybe in the next session we can cover these other types of treatments. But now let's go to the topic why you're all in. Yeah. One, one, one thing I would like to add here is, I mean, uh, you have always to think of, I mean, everything is really concentrated a little bit on Switzerland and as you said, right, a little bit on, on, on Southwest Germany. Then we have some other places somewhere, but they are lonely, lonely places. But I mean, you, you're right. I mean, Switzerland is not part of the EU. They, they can do their, their own thing. This is especially one thing. We also talked about that is a kind of kind of rich and, and wealthy country who can afford that, who can invest that. And that we have, especially in uh, southern west, south, uh, southwest Germany, we have a kind of green politicians uh, on power. So maybe they also do this. But the other thing is, and you, we, we shouldn't underestimate that, it is also the, ra the ratio, or let's say other way around, Every municipality is discharging to a river. So, and if the, if the ratio between the wastewater which goes into the river and the ratio which goes out to create drinking water, if this ratio is too high, then it becomes a kind of sensitive, sensitive uh, environment or sensitive river where you have to think about some kind of, some kind of treatment. Think about the, uh, the uh, Bodensee or the, all the other lakes you have in Switzerland. They all are used, they all used for producing of drinking water. And that's why they are very sensitive, because you have also the municipalities who are going into the rivers which go into the lake. So that's why also this is one is one um, yeah, aspect why Switzerland and especially uh, the area of Baden-Württemberg in Germany is taking so much care about the rivers. Yeah. I just wanted to add that. It's, it's a good add-on. Thanks for that. Um, I think a good way to kick off our, our discussion about activated carbon versus ozone is probably for you, Bjorn, to answer the question from Mark, which he, he raised in the Q&A, because that's what it's about. There, there's the context, of course, but what's the technical point? Why would you choose activated carbon over ozone? I, are you asking? Okay, are we are starting the fight. Yeah, yeah okay. of course. The 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 the, the, the ring is uh, okay. I mean, first first of all, I mean, look at all the reports. Uh, let's say capex, capex wise. So the invest cost into powder carbon is less than for ozone. So take this as starter. Was that the the the, the reason in Vetsicon? So just to 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 close that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what the reason. Well, I the, the reason Vetsicon was 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 really um, that we had the personal relationship to to this plant, and he was he was looking for something different, and uh, so this came up. I mean, still today, people are, are buying from people, right, and not from companies. So if I would be alone, right, I'm pretty sure my chances would be would be would be less, but. Um, due to the fact that I had the, the contact in Switzerland, right? And he was very close to the municipality. We could go together. And also we were thinking about the entire package. So the dosing uh, system manufacturer from Germany, we also brought in and said, hey, here's a project. 
come in, let's talk together with the, with the client. So it was not just me and, and uh, about the activated carbon. We brought the entire package, whatever he needs, right, to implement that. Um, we, 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 we showed him, right, more or less. And so he was satisfied. He was, he was, he, yeah, he was, he was happy that he got everything, and we really had a look on on all aspects, and not only, hey, here's a bag of uh, powder carbon, uh, put it into your biological, and it will work. No, we really had the personal relationship, and we we had a had a look over the entire system, and that was, I think, uh, the the major key uh, to come into this 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 game. So, let me come back now to your argument. You say capex that uh, powder activated carbon is cheaper on CapEx. Actually, I, I would debate that. Um, to me, um, it's the opposite. And actually, I'm, I'm drawing there. Uh, there was a study done on, um, by uh, BG Ingenieur and by, the, by the, the, the federal government in Switzerland, which they made on, on a couple of plants which are now active. And uh, actually, ozone is cheaper. Um, Can, are you talking about Invest or are you talking about OPEX? I'm talking about so both. But 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 start with let's start with, with investment. The reason why it it, it it was misevaluated at the beginning is a question of dose. When the topic of micro pollutants first came along, everybody thought you, you know we have to massively drop ozone into that water so that we can reduce the amount of micro pollutants inside. And uh, if you look at the first designs that would, that, that were made, the first plants, we were talking of 1.5 to 2 grams of ozone per yeah. gram of COD. And nowadays, there's a sweet spot, yeah. which is about 0.4 to 0.5 grams of ozone per gram of COD. So basically, it means that the, the doses has dropped three times for the same efficiency. And of course, that drives the price down because what, what is CapEx in terms of an ozone plant? CapEx is you invest into an ozone generator or a couple of ozone generators, you, uh, and you invest in, in the plant around to, to put that ozone into water, Bubble, bubble colognes or something else, but you have this injection system. And of course, if you have to dose three times less, you also have to have three times smaller generators. So I would already debate the, this aspect of, of the, 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 the capex uh, on the activated carbon. But that raises a question for me to you. Um, is the way that you treat micropollutants with activated carbon still the same 10 years later, or did you also evolve? Oh, I think I think if I remember right, I mean, th th this is the dosing, right? We're talking about dosing. So that means in the beginning, they dosed also, I think they started with 15 to 20 gram and we are meanwhile to eight and even less uh, gram per, per liter activated carbon. So this was also the same evolution, right? That they uh, reduced down the cost. But then again, we are on, not on CapEx, we're on the OPEX side right we're on the OPEC side in the beginning just every study I read was saying hey the invest cost for an invest for a power activated carbon it is cheaper than ozone we are not talking about you know double or whatever it is cheaper so if you ask me what would be my first argument I would say this definitely I think there's a scale question here as well because, uh, and I think that that kind of uh, goes together with the question that Lyle was asking in the chat. Um, there is an optimum flow rate. If you are on a very, very small plant, then probably I can subscribe to what you just said, Bjorn. When I say very, very small, it's really like some hundred people population equivalent, then maybe activated carbon is cheaper. But 
there is a scale effect with ozone. An ozone generator that produces twice more ozone isn't twice bigger and isn't twice more expensive. It's rather twice bigger is 20% more expensive. So on a very large plant, ozone is really a no-brainer because compared to activated carbon, which is basically uh, a direct uh, relationship between the flow and how much you dose, I mean, it, it, there it yeah. becomes a no-brainer. Yeah, but let, 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 let me raise a question. Why is going the biggest, one of the biggest plant, which is under construction at the moment, which is Stuttgart with 1.2 million equivalent, why are they investing into, into powder carbon? Okay, so if it's not cost, what is it? <laughs> Tell us. Well, it is, it is, it is also cost. It is also no. cost. Wow. Well, okay. Okay. Let's, let's take this. Let's take the cost OPEX uh, next to the side. Uh, but let's say one thing is if you use powder carbon and especially if you go with the oil process, you can go upstream with your used powder carbon. That means you have a, a special tank after the biological treatment where you dose the powder carbon. And this carbon, you could go upstream back into the operation of the biological to reduce the COD. So, which also affects in reduction of, for instance, your precipitation, right? Because you need less iron. So, is that an argument you would, you would count? It's not bad. Um... Ah. <laughs> I, I was I was checking on uh, on what people think of it in the chat, and actually, um, I have to 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 give here a, a bit more elements. Um, when you consider the cost, it depends if you if you take into the cost of ozone the filter that goes after the ozone. And uh, the reason why this the, these Swiss studies show that ozone is cheaper is because in most of Switzerland. Uh, in all the German-speaking Switzerland and in most of the other part of Switzerland, there is already a sand filter or an MBBR um, at the outlet of the plant. So basically, mm -hmm. you don't need to, to build an additional um, polishing step. So mm -hmm. that's why you can put ozone as the second last treatment in the, in the treatment chain. So uh, after the clarifiers, but before the sand filters or, or the MBBR. And that way, you don't have to take into the cost of, uh, of ozone, this additional step. So there, okay. But let's say at, at the moment you have your very uh, bloomy uh, eyeglasses on because you are saying that in Switzerland, all the municipalities are somehow equipped with an MBBR or sand filtration, which is somehow right. But let's say if we have a global aspect, let's say if we are, let's say looking more not only in Switzerland, you have to consider maybe there's nothing. And the back drawer or the drawback of the ozone is that you need a kind of biological polishing. You need a kind of biological polishing after your ozone. So, and, and, and you know that. And let's say, yes, you need something for the powder carbon as well. We haven't talked so far about granular carbon, but let's say you need something for the powder carbon as well, but there you need a simple filtration. Right, to get rid of so even a cloth filter or let's say kind of textile filter would be enough but you need a biological filter to and i don't want to say that but you have the, the toxic products you are producing <laughs> during your you know you i was expecting down back <laughs> so it's interesting that you raise it because i was going to raise it myself anyways um we have also that question in the chat so let me take it um ozone 
let's compare the two, the, 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 two, uh, the two processes. You have micropollutants in the water. Activated carbon takes those micropollutants, fixes it, and then it's on the activated carbon. And I'm going to raise that to you in a second to say, hey, once it's there, you throw it out. Do you, did you really solve the problem or did you move the problem? But okay, let's, let's wait a second for that one. When you take ozone, what does it, what does it do? It takes the same compound and it oxidizes it. So it cuts it into pieces. Um, and those pieces are a concern, might be a concern because of these byproducts, which might be toxic. And from which the very toxic. beginning, which might be toxic, <laughs> from the very beginning, there were studies which were done on that. Um, and the studies were investigating water before and after and measuring the toxicity. And they did the study on, on, on truths. They did the this, this story on, on, uh, on small microorganisms, on many things. And what it showed is that there was never, never, never an increase in toxicity after ozone. So really, water, I mean, wastewater is not something you would bath in. It, it is not so wonderfully clean that you would say it's not toxic at all. So we're not yeah. talking of a non-toxic water. We are just saying that before and after ozone, there is no change in toxicity. And that, that was proven by, by several studies. And you might, and that's a, a good counter-argument, which I'm giving to you, hey, it's on me. It's also because we don't really have the scale to measure that toxicity. If you measure the toxicity on, on, on truth, it's not going to be toxic in two, two days or in two, two months. It's going to be toxic possibly in 20 years. But that's why we say even though it's not toxic, it doesn't increase the toxicity, we usually recommend to have this additional uh, bio filter at the, at the output, which might be also a simple sand filter with some biological activity. So up to my counter-argument, you move it away with activated carbon. You take it and you move it. You, you don't solve the problem. You just move it. Yeah, yeah you, you're right. But I don't let you go with, with, with that, what you, what you said about uh, the, all your transformation, oxidation and reaction products. No, I can't let you go away. You know, if I would be, if I would run a municipality, especially in Switzerland, let's say that's my argument, it would scare me that I need, I need an approval that I can use ozone for this river. It, you're right in saying, let's say, all the products maybe you are creating are not as, as much, especially if it is only about municipalities where you have no industry, but what about the industry? What, what, let's say, if what happened if the industry is changing the batch process or the product or whatever, which goes to the municipalities and there you have your ozone. Is, your, is the approval I have as the end user, as the, as the, you know, as the operator of the municipality, is it still valid? Can I still use? What about the bromate? I mean, I, I know that I have bromide in there. Do I produce bromate now? Because I get this and, I, you know, that would really scare me. <laughs> so two different things here. The first is, um, you mentioned Dubendorf in, in the introduction. Uh, the Aranoigut in Dubendorf yep. has about 50% of the flow, which is industrial. Because of two main industrial players, you have Givaudon, mm -hmm. which is producing all the... Uh, the Dior, Chanel perfumes that you might be using. So it's highly chemical, smells good, but highly chemical. And uh, Barry Calbo, which is producing chocolate, uh, of course, when you're in Switzerland. So uh, <laughs> different, different batches, but it's half of, of it is industrial. Uh, and there, they did all this toxicity study. And that's the point where they said, there's nothing 
difference between inlet and outlet. And in Dubendorf, you also have the Airbag, which is the technical body um, in, in Switzerland. Uh, and, and they were the one conducing the study. Don't think it, it was made by, by Ozonia or, or whoever. But it, I mean, it's a valid concern. Uh, we are talking about microscopic things. So you have to, to make the test. But once you've done the test, it's science as well. And if science tells you there's no effect, there's no effect. Now, you have a very valid point with the bromate bromate story. Um, there was, let's put that in context. So if you have bromide in water and you, 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 you put ozone on that bromide. God bless you, whoever that was. <laughs> you can generate bromates and bromates are carcinogenic. That's exactly. proven and that's not something yep. I would dispute. There is no regulation in bromate in, uh, in wastewater for a simple reason is that nobody ever thought of drinking wastewater on regulation level, I would say. Um, but there's a regulation for bromate in drinking water. So the logical thing was to say, okay, let's take the regulation for drinking water and apply it, even if it doesn't, to wastewater. Um, so I think it's a fair thing to say that if you have bromide in your incoming wastewater, then you might be cautious with, your, uh, with putting ozone on it. But I would raise here um, uh, some modelis, modeling which has been done by, by the team of, of Wim Odenat from um, AM Ozone which was uh, also a guest of, of my podcast, if you missed it. Um, and they have a full model to, to show you um, with incoming bromide, how much bromate does it uh, generate? Because the bromate is produced, but also killed. And bromate was a big concern at the times where ozone was dosed at two gram ozone per gram uh, COD. But now yeah. that we are at very lower rates, like 0 0.4, 0 0.5, it's a fully different picture. So just to say, Valid points, both valid points, but um, if you do your due diligences and, uh, and you, you check uh, if the treatment is suited, I don't see why uh, that should come in the way. Yeah, well, I, 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 wouldn't, I would still be scared. First of all, I, you, you need the kind of approval, even if you got it, okay, it's fine. But what happened if the conditions change, if there are some new limits, some new regulations, and you still have, have this issue? So you don't know. So I wouldn't be so, so safe on that side. But, but anyway, you need, you need a kind of uh, post-filtration, which is a biological filter, definitely you need um, to, reduce, to reduce all the, uh, the products which may happen, right? And this is also kind of cost driver because with activated carbon, you go just with a, well, mostly with a sand filter, which, which is already given, but you can take a class filter, right? A very simple filter and then everything is done, right? So simple. Yeah, but then let's talk <laughs> operating costs. Uh, how much would it cost you? <laughs> what? I mean, here again, I, I draw on the same studies. The study shows that on a small plant, activated carbon is twice yeah. more expensive than ozone. And on a big plant, activated carbon is six times more expensive than ozone. So, Okay. I'm not sure which, which duty you uh, citizen uh, citate, uh, uh, you are you have on your table. Let's say, uh, <laughs> um, let's say what are the let, let's talk let's talk in general a little bit about the cost drivers about the OPEX cost. What are the OPEX cost for activated carbon? Is the replacement of the activated carbon, right? So we need fresh fresh powder carbon. Is there an alternative? Oh yes, there is. Think about granular activated carbon, which can be easily reactivated 
and you get a spent or let's say you get a reactivated carbon on site which is also tell me again how you reactivate powder activated carbon no i'm not talking about powder i'm talking yeah but we're talking uh, about powder here most of the plants are powder no I, yeah what i'm what i'm saying is mr antoine what i'm saying is the cost drivers the cost drivers if we are talking about pc against ozone is for ozone it is the energy to take in O2 and an O molecule to put it together, you need a lot of energy, right? That's that's for sure. So it is good if you are living in a country like Switzerland, where let's say where your uh, energy mix is is really really green green. Uh, but let's say if you think about other countries where it is not as green, then I mean you're transform the you know you know shifting a little bit the issues. But let's say the OPEX for for powder carbon is the replacement. So it is saturated, you can, you can go upstream, which is good, right? You can go upstream, put it in the biological to even to reduce uh, the COD and to reduce the uh, iron content, iron you need, for instance, uh, this will help. But at a certain point, you need to replace that, right? It's, it's the same, you need to plug on the power for the ozone generator and here you need to replace. So, and the studies I have, well, I have seen studies which are saying, yeah, here's OPEX a little bit better. Here's better for powder carbon. Here's better for ozone. Here's... I think it depends a little bit on, on how you really use that. So I think this would be somehow a draw on the OPEX how perspective. Often, how often would you replace uh, a granulated activated carbon bed? Uh, even, even this depends a little bit uh, on, on, on size and flow rate and how many bed volumes you are going over this. Right, so there's no general, there's no general answer. But this you can, you can, you can exchange on site, right? So there's a there's a there's a truck coming, who's taking the spent carbon and bringing the new one, filling in, and then it goes back to the reactivation center wherever it is, and um, so this will help especially to reduce a little bit the opex cost. But let's say yeah, to be to be fair, and I think we are fair, uh, you have to you have to consider. That you need some kind of filters whether they are concrete which on the beginning so that means it's a kind of invest which you need or you are using some kind of mobile solutions but let's say but and i i still like the idea with the granular carbon with the granular carbon because think about think about heavy weather uh, uh issues we all know what happened if the rain is too much for a certain period of time, it bypasses somehow the, the municipality or it goes through and it is the the, the biological, even the micropollution uh, treatment step is somehow overwhelmed. There you could have a very fixed solution with granular carbon, with mobile filters, which help to treat the water to save the environment, especially to save the river, right? So this is an easy, um, easy solution for for these kind of weather scenarios which we will have most probably most likely more often in future as we have right now let me take various elements from what you, you just said Let, let's take the, the first one you, you mentioned energy i have here some numbers um when it comes to <laughs> ozone ozone in energy costs you on site about um, 0.07 kilowatts hour per cubic meter that you're, you're, you're treating. And it's true that activated carbon is lower there because it's um, 0.02, so about three to four times lower. But 
if you take the food cycle, yeah, carbon isn't activated by itself. So you have energy involved in the activation of carbon and the fact of bringing, and if you take everything together, ozone has a range between 0.22 and 0.33 kilowatt hour per cubic meter. Mm. And activated carbon has a range between 0.32 and 0.45. So it was very nice from you to say it's a draw, but it's not a draw. But okay, let's let's Yeah, assume. but let's say if, if I'm the end user, if I'm operating in a municipality, I don't care what they already paid to produce the carbon because I don't pay that. Right? I pay what in the end I have to invest in my plant and what is the OPEX. This is what I, I, do, I don't care whether, whether they sourced somewhere in the US or somewhere in China and they activated this way or that way. Right? I, don't, I don't care because the, the end user doesn't, doesn't pay for it directly. So let me take also some, some, some questions on the fly. Yeah, Apostolos, yeah, absolutely. It's a Daphnia, the toxicity test I, I was mentioning. There were others. Um, which were tested and developed. Uh, the session is going to be far too short to enter in all the details. But if you look at the Armistic and Ekibiotep research program, they made a full uh, part just to, to define which toxicity test would be the, the most relevant. And again, they found out that uh, ozone is negative in terms of toxicity. But okay, I'm not coming back to that one. Well, but why, uh, do you, why, do you need the, why do you need the protocol? Why do you need approval? Oh, because it's science, you know? Ah, um, <laughs> they have to earn be, some money. <laughs> you maybe want Vetsicon because of relationship, but uh, I am a scientist, sorry. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. Um, that being said, you mentioned something interesting. Um, many things interesting, to be, to be fair, but you mentioned something very interesting on the uh, activated carbon. It's, once it's used, you can put it back to biology. And I saw that yeah, also in, in the chat. That's the own process. It's called the own process, right? Yeah. I, I saw also in the chat that... Um, you can also do kind of a similar stuff with, with ozone, which um, basically you have two ways, whether you treat it directly in the biology and then ozone is inserted there. And uh, we made some pilot studies that showed that was pretty efficient and has a lot of welcome side effects. But you can also take the off gas of the ozone where there's still some ozone inside and you recycle it in the biology. And there it's true that you, you will be reducing COD, reducing the filament bacteria and many things like that. So there are many welcome side effects. And let's agree on that one. Um, in terms of welcome side effects, both treatments, they don't just remove micropollutants. They also reduce turbidity, yeah. they reduce, uh, they help yeah, sure. to control the odors, they reduce the, the COD. But I would say on top of that, if you're working with ozone, you add sterilization and disinfection, which you're not doing with activated carbon. Hey. But it's not for a swimming pool. <laughs> Yeah, but you mentioned uh, the legs. I, 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 what, what, yeah, but but yeah, but it is it is diluted. Come on, right? It is diluted, and nobody is is going into bars directly. I mean, directly where the wastewater comes in. Well, so come I think to it's a, it's a weak point. Come on, come to Basel in in, in the summer. You'll see that people uh, go into the river, and there's a full circuit in the river in the Rhine River where they just swim in and swim out uh, downstream, and that is just next to the outlet of the wastewater treatment plant. Take Lausanne. Lausanne is rejecting into the lemon lake. And uh, the reason why uh, they wanted to treat absolutely the micropollutants and to be one of the first of the country to do that is because everybody's going to bath just next to the, the outlet of, of the wastewater treatment plant. And take now the largest ozone plant in the world, Montreal. The mm -hmm. reason why they put that plant, which is huge, terribly, I mean, it's, it's really huge. It's because you're living in Montreal. Half of the year, it's impossible to go out there and bath because it's, everything is, is icy and snowy. But yeah. for the month of the summer, you want to bath in the Saint Laurent River 
And the only way to do that is if it's clean. And to clean it, it has to be disinfected and sterilized. And there, you use ozone, not activated carbon. I, I would raise a question. If they do this, do they have a different um, ozone concentration they use in summer as in wintertime? Well, basically, they don't treat it in winter. They treat it only in summer. <laughs> yeah. So what is so what is the what is the uh, concentration they really use in that time? I don't think then we are talking about 0.3 or something like this. So I think it will be oh, way still, more I mean, higher. It's 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 uh, 0 0.8, 0 0.9, but it's still not uh, stupidly high, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take a point where um, which comes often in the chat, which was in the poll, which was in our preparation call, why not the combination uh, of ozone and activated carbon? So um, I'm going to give you first a stupid answer, and then we can go to the bit more clever answers. Uh, the stupid answer, actually, I'm not the stupid here, and I'm not stupid is a bit uh, an overstatement, but um, look at the, the law in Switzerland. The law tells you if you are uh, picking whether activated carbon or ozone, then the government pays 75% of the investment cost. And then Lausanne came and said, hey, we want to do a combination. And the government said, hey, fine, do it. But if you do it, you choose whether activated carbon or ozone. We pay for that 75% and the other is on you. So they went back and said, hey, wait, 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 wait. No, we want the full thing to be paid. And actually, that's the, the, the problem today. Is as soon as you have a combination, it gets a bit more difficult to have it paid by the government. So that's... But that's a Swiss problem. Is it a Swiss problem more or less? A, it, it is a Swiss at problem. But if you look at Switzerland right now, there are 12 plants which treat mm -hmm. micropollutants, five with ozone, five mm -hmm. with powder activated carbon, one with granulated activated carbon, and one which is a combination. And if you look at the ones in the coming, there's in the next two years will be commissioned about 10 more ozone, 10 more activated carbon, and five more of a combination. So combination is a thing. Let's not put it under the carpet. But of course, if you combine the two processes, it's going to be better. But it's also going to be much more expensive. So Definitely. the full question, it's, it's a cost-benefit uh, question. And personally, but now that's my personal opinion, I'm not convinced that it's worth it to go up to 99% elimination when you can be at 95 and, and live happily uh, with half the cost. Um, yeah, my, my question would be a little bit, what comes really next? What comes really next? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, yeah? The combination is a good thing. The question is, uh, who are who going to pay for that? Who are going to pay for that? And uh, we, we, should, we should go one step further. We should go one step further because we are coming now to, to the point, what, what's next? What is the outro a little bit? What is about the multi-resistance? Petrogates, which every municipality has to think about, is struggling with. What if the analytics goes even more further to, to I don't know, to a level of nano or pico or whatever, whatever they will find in our wastewater? So the question, I mean, isn't the question if we are thinking about combination, shouldn't we, shouldn't we think one step further and saying, oh, this could may happen, right? They could may find this. And that's why we are taking now a technology, right? A combination of whatever, whether it's, it's carbon with ozone or UV or membrane or whatever. But to, to make sure that we don't have the same situation, the same discussion in 15 years from now? 
wouldn't that be more smarter? But again, it comes always to one point. Who's going to pay for that? And uh, due to the fact that <laughs> Germany is part of the EU, we have to follow a little bit the legislative, right? We have to follow the, the rules. We have to follow the limitations. Uh, I think even here, Switzerland could be a forerunner could be a forerunner for a topic like this if they are saying because they are very sensitive water with all the lakes um, couldn't couldn't they be a forerunner to say hey we are going one step further we are thinking beyond where we are at the moment with all the micropollutants yeah we have we have activated carbon and as well we have ozone both are established there are a couple of other technology which might be better maybe better in combination but why not bringing them now to stage and thinking about, okay, what's coming really next? I would say um, there are two things here. The, the first, I fully, I'm fully with you. Um, uh, we have to, to think yeah. about what comes next. But the thing is also, where do you set the bar? Because micropollutants were named after micropollutants because they were detected at micro levels and that we found out that zero plus zero plus zero, maybe seven at the end. So. Yeah. the cocktail effect and all that all, all that stuff and of course if now you can detect nanopollutants then you go to nanopollutants and, and what's next um yeah, what about microplastics i mean uh, exactly. christoph uh, raised the right point yeah. right uh, because he's coming in because i said membrane he's always coming he's always awake if i say membrane right sorry christoph just joking uh no but but it's it's a fair point right what about the solution what about microplastic what about nano what 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 comes really next do we need another step? Do we think about something totally different? We haven't, we haven't thought about right now. Talking of something fully different, the point Rabbit is, is mentioning in the chat, if you look at all the studies, all the studies, they have all investigated reverse osmosis. And by far, by a landmine, that's the best one. It's removing everything. So basically it's removing also micropollutants. Absolutely. But then it's a question of cost. I mean, yeah. putting a full wastewater stream through a reverse osmosis is incredibly expensive and that that kind of puts this this um, this ratio that's it's a uni universal question we're not going to answer to that tonight yeah. but um where do you put the threshold between costs and benefits um, exactly <laughs> if you go to uh doing um groundwater recharge then um, having this uh, double approach is very positive of, of course to have uh, ozone inactivated carbon it might, it might be ozone activated carbon it might be uh, they, they were combination tested uh, like uh, ozone and, and mbbr or uh, activated carbon in the biology and then ozone uh, at the outlet i mean imagination is the limit basically it's it's water treatment it it's wastewater treatment each different water has a different best suit uh, solution but um we have to 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 be realistic as well and uh, when you when you look at um the difficulty you have to put a new plant out there where you don't have a regulation and i can tell you that i was working with um the city of linshipping in sweden to uh to implement their their their, their removal of, of micropollutants and in sweden yet there's no regulation of micropollutants and to them it was a huge debate because they wanted to put Linköping on the map. If you think of Sweden, you think of, of Stockholm and Göteborg. And for them, it was a political decision to say, hey, we want to say we have the cleanest water. And that's why they went for treating micropollutants. But it's expensive if it's just for image, if it's a branding yeah. move. So that's uh, an open thing. I, I see also the, 
UV H2O2 coming uh, very regu regularly. Yeah, of course, uh, UV H2O2 has been the go-to, I think, in the US when it comes to treating 1,4-dioxan, yeah. which is another uh, micropollutant. I mean, we say micropollutants could be also uh, endocrine disruptors, could be uh, uh, PFAS, could be, I mean, all of those are uh, basically uh, micropollutants when you think of it. I think the most interesting, where I would like to, to, to catch your brain, Bjorn, is uh, this microplastics. Let, let's spend a bit more time on the microplastics. Do you think we will be heading at some point in a treatment through membranes in all the wastewater treatment plants because of those microplastics? I mean, I mean, uh, what, what I know is that the uh, German Membrane Association, I think it's called like this in English, um, is, is highly working on that, right? To, to take, to take what, what we have right now, right? We see, we see, we see micropollutants and using the powder carbon and treat this with uh, a membranes to get rid, not only of the, of the, of the uh, powder carbon, so also get rid of all the other things. Right, so there are a lot of tests that are ongoing. Uh, for sure, uh, most of the most of them are, are done. The issue was a little bit how how does the powder carbon really react with a membrane, which is mostly a polymer. For sure, you can use a ceramic, but with a membrane, how is how is that really you know working to get to make sure that you have no issues on on the membrane? But I think this went very well, and they tested a lot of stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure. At some point, something has to come in place. I mean, we have the discussion since when? I don't know. Before, before my time about the microplastics, right? It is, it is still everywhere, and I think not really a solution is given, and we haven't really seen that uh, the, the the municipalities and the local countries have really put whatever they can into place to get rid of this. Right, and we have still, we have still, mostly we have still biological systems. Right, uh, we have now we see advanced uh, treatment uh, for the micropollutants, but this is, could also be uh, one one benefit. Let's say putting membranes in in the end instead of something else to get rid really of the of the microplastics. So I think at a certain point, I mean the, the topic is now on a very very high level. For my personal feeling, right? I'm not. I'm not working in the politics, but for my feeling, it is. It has reached a level where something will come in the near future. I think one thing here um, about this political aspect. Um, you mentioned Dubendorf, and you, you, you've met uh, the, the the head of the the, the wastewater treatment plant in Dubendorf. There's a reason why Dubendorf was the first in Switzerland to treat micropollutants at the full scale. There were pilots before, but the first full scale was Dubendorf. It was because um, Max Schachtler, who is the, um, the, the CEO of, of the Aranegut in, in Dubendorf, um, he wanted for his community to have it treated. Okay. And uh, it's, not, it's, it's not fully municipal. It's a, it's a, a private public company, but still, he took it on the books and he said he wanted to have it. But that you can do it if you're Dubendorf. You are in a wealthy country, um, on the wealthy side of the wealthiest uh, city of the wealthiest country in the world. So, of course, you can afford that. If you're in the middle of nowhere, the first battle is going to be to treat wastewater, just treat sure. it, put a primary and a secondary treatment. And that's still not uh, attained in 80% of, of the, the case in the world. So, I think. Sounds like you know a first word problem. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so just to, to put things in perspective and talking of putting things in perspective, um, in, in my, in my Ozonia times, I'm no longer with Ozonia. I don't have skin in that game. I'm just interested in the topic. But in my Ozonia years, we were testing, um, genetically modified frogs. So you take frogs that you, um, make somehow radioactive and you measure the toxicity directly on these frogs. And that's a very efficient way to measure the toxicity. But that brings an ethical issue because yeah. you are doing something with these frogs. Yeah. That's borderline. It's legal, we checked, you have to but it's that? borderline. So just to say, um, there's more, much more to the topic than just uh, choosing one over the other. Whatever the combination is, whatever the combination is, I'm not saying this is ozone, carbon, membrane, this membrane or whatever, MBR, or at least take care about what is the result. And let's say if you take care about the micropollutants and if you take care about the microplastics, then you have one. Or let's say not you, but your community has one, definitely. And I think that that should be the goal. And I think, uh, I mean, the conclusion of that, I mean, we already discussed that. I mean, we, we, had, we had the fight a little bit about activated carbon ozone because this was the hook to- And ozone track. one, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that was the hook to invite the people. But the real winner here is the topic, is the topic that we are talking about this, that we are talking about this, that we're giving this topic a stage, right? To come together, to talk, if, even if you don't follow our arguments, which is absolutely fine. And even there are, we are 100% sure there are other experts and other technologies on the market who can handle this, but at least bring this on stage, bring this really on stage. Actually, uh, that gives me a good opportunity to, uh, to, to take um, this comment, very good comment from Jochen in, in the chat. Uh, there are other sources of micropollutants, but you need to start somewhere. And if yeah. you don't raise the awareness, then you never know that something's happening. And I wouldn't even list water as the number one contamination. Probably air is a much larger contamination than water. But to my knowledge, it's a bit more difficult to have air treatment plants than it is to have wastewater treatment plants. And actually, that is also a debate. If you look at um, Switzerland, Germany, the decision was made to, uh, to treat wastewater. If you look at the US, talking of one for dioxin or PFAS, the decision was made to treat drinking water. So if yeah. you treat drinking water, for sure, you protect the human health because we are drinking that water. But wherever you put it on the cycle, it's still doing the same to the cycle, except if you put it in drinking water, because then we humans, when we take a paracetamol tab, 87% of that paracetamol tab goes to the toilet directly. Yeah. 13% yeah. stays within our body, but the other 87 are flush with the toilet. So if you treat on drinking water, easy, yeah, easy, uh, maybe even a bit more cost efficient, but it's, you're not doing any good to the environment. So yes, there are other sources than water, but uh, what we can touch from the water industry is, uh, is water. <laughs> I mean, we, we can't take care about the air pollution because we're all water guys. We're all so stupid, we can just take care about water, right? So that's why we should stick stick in our shoes and we should stay wherever we are. Um, Antoine, what is the conclusion? We have reached now an hour. 
so we fight it. I think the winner is the topic. I think we agree that uh, most of you guys and also we are saying a combination is a good thing. It is not just activated carbon. It is not just ozone. It is whatever you do, at least do something. Yeah, uh, bring this topic back on stage. And I think our idea was if this went well, um, to have another session and maybe we can go a little bit more into detail into the technologies and maybe we can bring real experts on stage right and so with the call to action is that in april 7 note this right now this is now the time to note something guys april 7 we have another session about this topic and we invite you to contact us either antoine or me to say hey if you want to be on stage, we want to give you five minutes, you can pitch your technology, what you think which is best, feel invited, drop us a mail and we will give you the stage and um, just five minutes, whatever, maybe with the format is not 100% not clear right now, but I think there will be a follow-up conversation. We will not, we will not, this will not end here. And one more thing, which is from the bottom of my heart, I mean, there are two, uh, let's say there's the competence centrum in Baden-Württemberg and there is the Micropol uh, Institute, however you want to call that, in Switzerland. They do great work. They do really great work. If you need any information about this topic, go on their pages. Go on micropol.ch or go on coms-bw.da. Perfect. You will find so many reports about the technology, about the treatment, about everything. Case studies, lots of case studies. Just a housekeeping topic regarding the format. I saw that people um, mentioned they would have loved to have a, a presentation. Um, actually, it was a, a choice we made with, with Bjorn to, to have a, a conversation. Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it's a format uh, discussion. We are experimenting. If uh, you are a majority to say that for the next time you want a, a red thread and you want to have a presentation, then uh, we are nobody to, uh, to, to do it, to do the opposite. But um, yeah, we enjoyed the, the, the conversation. I hope you uh, we enjoyed it too. So thank you all. Thank you all. Thanks for coming. And again, note April 7, we will have another session. We will send the invite early enough that you are able to come in. And this time we will have the right link. Not that you are coming in as Bjorn Otto, right? Uh, and yeah, wish you a great time to stay, stay safe, stay healthy, take care, all the best from Germany. And, and from France. <laughs> from France. Take care, guys. All the best. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye, everyone.